0: Hello everyone, welcome back for for the Kojinon's Fireside Chat 11. We had a quick break uh, during summer. We also have a new father uh, in our group now. So, Jose now uh, is part of the team. (laughs) So, I hope the fatherhood is treating you well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing doing good, sleeping enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. So, as always I'm here with Mash, Jose and myself Sandro from Cojudents and today we decided to talk about a topic that is very close to our hearts that is about consultancy. So, is consultancy uh, an essential skill in software development. So, how do we even define consultancy as a skill? Who would like to
2: start? Well, I can start. <laughs> <laughs> and <go for> <laughs> That's the horns outside. But, um, so uh, I would say yes, to start with, consultancy is an ex- essential skill for, for any software development professional. Uh, there are a number of elements, because we are working in team situations and we have many stakeholders outside the team as well. And consultancy is, the way I define consultancy, is the art of uh, understanding a situation. Uh, There's an element of using your previous experience to then uh, try to get to the root cause and devise a solution. And one can argue that that's exactly what we do in software development. Uh, doesn't matter what role, whether it's a developer or a product owner or a business analyst, the the understanding context, uh, using our experiences uh, and analysis skills to analyze, uh, to work together, to come to a solution, and and to chart a path to organizing the team uh, so that we can build the uh, the solution or we can solve that problem. I think that element all fits into
1: a consultancy. I, w- I would add there not only charting the path, but also making it happen, right? Because a lot of the time, consultants have that you know bad rep, of uh, yeah, you tell us, you know, you came here, you looked, you said you should go in this direction, and then you went away, <laughs> and now we, we have yeah. a, another problem, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> that we have to deal with, no, and uh, and I feel like in order to to do it, uh, you also need to know how to go about it so that you can uh, take people along uh, with you, yeah, in, yeah. in getting there, but mm-hmm. so I pretty much agree with that, yeah. Uh,
2: I would actually think, it's, uh, talk about as the practical element of leadership, I would describe it as such, you know, it's like you talk about leadership, but the practical element, what sits underneath, I would call that consultancy, I would call it as, as far as that, you know?
1: And, and change management as well, I would say. So, because it's that part of leading, but also mm-hmm. understanding how things work at a systemic, you know, from a systemic point of view and being able to transform, right? Which is the hardest uh, uh, part, I would say. This is why it's it's difficult, no? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, what, yeah. what do you think, Sandra? yeah? I'll try to,
0: to come from a different perspective here. Um, so, in, in software craftsmanship, normally we talk about uh caring about what we do right but we also talk about productive partnership that is part of the craftsmanship manifest and and we talk about like satisfying our customers or delighting our customers so for me an element of consultancy is is about that is empathizing with the person or the company that is paying for your service And that is unrelated to the kind of contractual model that you have. I want you to completely detach uh, the skill, the the consultancy skills from the contractual model that we have, right? So in terms of uh, providing value to your clients or uh, empathizing with the, trying to provide the best service you can for the person or company that is paying for your work. Doing what is best for them, not what you want to do, is for me part of the consultancy. If you are a permanent employee, if you are a contractor, or if you work for a consultancy, that's for me is irrelevant. It's a detail or a contractual detail, but but I, I like to think about consultancy as more like that client-supplier uh, relationship. You being the supplier, you being the professional providing a quality service.
1: Yeah, and it, that's uh, that's a good because we're talking about it as a skill, so it uh, independently of your job or your title or whatever. No, that's that's what we're gonna focus on now uh, in in this chat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and I, I think it takes us nicely into understanding what are the constituent parts of of the consultancy as a skill, because I have it, you know, em- empathy. I know it's kind of bandied about everywhere, but it is it is one of them, right? To be able to, to put yourself in the shoes of the uh, of your client, or stakeholder, who, whoever that may be, and understand the pains that they're going through, and then take them on that journey to, towards uh, getting to the root cause of that, taking people along with you, and then to to come uh, to come up with the solutions and following through on those solutions, right? So empathy is at the very start of it, I guess, right? And it's also it's not only related to understanding those problems and everything, but it's also related to making sure that you are you you're not in any way uh, working on the fears of, of the people that you are supposed to be helping, right? So you can you can have the best solution out there but people are part of part of the whole context, right? So you have to take them along that journey. And I think that's a very important part of being a consultant.
0: Yeah, it's trying to be the best professional you can. And this is why I wanted to bring software craftsmanship to this discussion, because quite often people feel that they are quite different. And I know that uh, some countries, they have uh, different, uh, how can I say, connotations probably is the word for example, when you mention consultancies or consultants in the UK, uh, they are seen in one way. They're seen, okay, yeah, there are some people that might have some knowledge or not, but there's nothing too bad that to them. There are some stigma that, okay, maybe they speak too much, maybe they, they don't know everything. But in Spain, for example, maybe Jose can talk a little bit more, uh, normally the, the, they are associated to, to sometimes even lower-skilled uh, uh, people uh, where but they are uh, associating, they are mixing consultancy as a skill and consultants or consultancies in, in certain types of companies. And yeah, as, to a, as, a business, no, as a business,
1: yeah. no, or as a job, no, that, that mm-hmm. people uh, do. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And, it, okay, so the, there are two parts here. One is, uh, you know, the, 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 the let's say, branding of of consultancy as a whole, and how people see consultant or, or, you know, doing the consultancy. Uh, So that's one area. And, yes, in in Spain in general, it's not very well seen. Uh, uh, And I would say it it has a reason for that. (laughs) No, it's uh, for for many years, uh, consultancy has been seen more as a body chopping kind of uh, business uh, where, you know, you just... You know how many kilos of developer do you need, you no, know, or or whatever, right? Um, and that's that's something that you know goes against, you know, a lot of things that we that we value, you know, and so, so this is this is part of why I, I think there's that bad rep. Right? Then there's the other aspect around what the constituent parts of, that the master was mentioning. And he mentioned um empathy, right? And and I'll go beyond that. Like for me there's like a core and then around that there's a bunch of things that you that you need to get better at no but uh um one of those things is emotional intelligence i will go further now and, and say it's not just empathy is it's also about self-control it's also about a uh, 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 you know building uh, relationships your social skills no that that uh, that area no of, of Interacting with people, being aware of your impact in others, and and how you can affect them, which is I think key in order to navigate a lot of the situations that as consultants we have to do. So that's that's definitely an aspect. The other two aspects I would say one is learning, yeah, like you really need to be good at learning, uh, and you know improving yourself in in, in many ways. And then the, there's an aspect around values. Uh, which I think is changes now, obviously from company to, to company or, you know, person to person, but that definitely sets the tone for everything else, right? Like if your values are all around, you know, maximizing profit, blah, 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 no, uh, the type of consultancy that you're going to be doing is very different than, you know, I really want to do a great job or I really want to make this people successful and so on, right? And I feel those, those things are, at the core of, of being a good consultant, let's say, or 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 building on uh, on those skills, no, it's
2: it's really interesting that you talk about values because um, uh, not just about maximizing profits, because values could be related to ego as well, right? Because as we are talking about consultancy as a skill, your you your value could be that I I am trying to be the hero, right? I'm trying I'm gonna be the savior. As it were, right. And when you take take consultancy from that point of view, you achieve you you get very difficult results compared to what I am in a position where I have certain necessary skills to be able to help solve this problem at the sy- systemic level, and to take the whole organization or my team with me, and to lead. That's a very different different kind of outlook, right? There. Your out, the outcome is what, you, what is really motivating you, right? Rather than kind of a personal ego side of things.
0: I think we touched upon that, uh, I think, in our second episode where we talked about career progression or something like that. Uh, the reason I'm bringing that up is because, like, for example, José, you mentioned uh, we want to do a good job. Right. And, and then Max also said, like, you want to take the clients, uh, the, the company along with you and improve things and stuff. And I think that this is what happened to me as well. Um, I didn't start working for consultancies. I never even con- I, I didn't even understand what a consultant was or consultancy skills. Right. So basically what I was trying to do is, is to do a good job. But I was really coming short in, going a, in doing a good job because my focus was always like becoming the best developer that I could, that I could be, right? So, or learning a specific uh, programming language or a specific technology or a, or a technical practice like TDD and things like that. So for me, being the best professional that I could be meant, uh, and you touched upon that as well, Jose, like learning certain hardcore engineering skills and but i f- i realized that although i was acquiring those skills and i was getting better at those skills over the years i still didn't have that sense of fulfillment because like what was going wrong i was having problems uh well mesh knows me <laughs> For many years, for example, I was having problems with my teams, with my colleagues, because we could not reach a, a decision in technology or how to move forward. Or I was having a problem with a manager here or or someone else there. So there were loads of things in my relationships uh, that was that were impeding me to do a good job. So I was missing skills. It took me years to realize that in order to do a good job, is not only my notion of good job. See what I'm saying? So it's like whoever is paying for my job, for for the work that I do, how do they feel about the work I do? So they are they end up being the judge. Of course, you have your own values and stuff, but ultimately you are providing a service. And I realized it took me a long time that I was not providing necessarily a good service. I I could potentially be considered an okay developer, but not necessarily a good service provider. So that for me was the first insights into I need to expand my skill set and that led me to some of the things that we mentioned that are under the umbrella of consultancy skills, let's say.
2: Yeah. So I think this is a good time to kind of start enumerating some, some of those and um, I can start, but I'm sure I'll miss some so you can add some. So so there are we, we talked about these skills at an abstract level you know, we talked about empathy, we talked about, you know, the values and, and all these things. But at a more concrete level, uh, there are certain things that, you know, as a consultant, and I'm talking about, you know, as a skill, part of your role as for any software development professional. The first thing that you always look at is expectations, right? So they, you know, you have, you have a certain set of stakeholders and you have your team and how do you align expectations? You know, that's, I'm, I'm here, you you were talking about delivering a service. I'm here to deliver a service and outcome, right? What is the outcome that's being, that's expected? And and what, what we think myself or as a team of consultants or team of, you know, development professionals, what do we think that the outcome should be and how do we align that? There is then, there's then the element of facilitation. So I'm just gonna go through a few that I think are quite important. You know, you need to be able to uh, facilitate whether it's workshops or discussions or, you know, you need to get to the, uh, not only to the bottom of, understand the context, you need to get to the bottom of that the pro- problems or pain points, and you need to co-create solutions. And th- all those areas require facilitation and you need, when not only facilitation you need to understand what kind of workshops that i am i need to do what kind of uh, discussions and how do i facilitate those discussions to get to to the outcome that i need at various stages of this then there is the element of problem solving you know and imagination in my view imagination plays a huge part in trying to understand the problem and matching certain types of workshops, certain types of questions, discussions, to be able to elicit the information and to analyze it. And the problem solving part, of course, is to to then to try to come up with solutions and so on. The other, and then there is the advisory part. How do you communicate advice? How do you, uh, whether that's written, uh, you know, documentation, Really, uh, as Jose was saying as well, you, you're, you need to not just say, OK, do this and it'll be fine, not simplify the, the solution, but to actually give some something that you can take forward you, yourself with the team or if you're just there at an advisory position for the team to take forward or someone else to take that forward. And, so, and then there is the feedback aspect as well. Right? How do you elicit feedback at all of these times so that your expectations are aligned and that you you are moving towards the right kind of outcomes? So there's there's a number of skills, and I'm sure I missed many here, and I've, I'm not even talking about the practical, the specialist knowledge that you need to identify, you know, if it's software specific, if it's domain
1: specific, those kind of things. I'm I'm gonna have to add because. The, for me, uh, a lot of the things that you mentioned, uh, Matt, are essential, but some of them go a, a bit into their behaviors or the, or the practices even, right? Um, so the way that I kind of think about this is you have things like communication, you know, communicating change uh, and, and basically ideas and, and so on, right? Um, like managing difficult conversations you know like all of these things around communicating with people you have execution which is all about you know planning executing tracking improvising um, and managing expectations you know that kind of uh, area no you have uh, problem solving which you already mentioned which is all about you know th- this is where we want to go and trying to make sense on you know how can we start moving in that direction you know? like what is it that we need what are the questions that we need answers uh, to and and so on um then there is an aspect around uh, strategic thinking for me which is beyond the problem that you're solving it's like how what's the context how things fit together what are the dynamics Within this system, you know, maybe the it's the company that you're talking about. Maybe it's the the team or the project or whatever scope you're sort of defining your system at. Uh, then there is the uh, leadership aspect. For me, uh, for that, for me, that's although it builds on top of uh, a lot of these things, leadership is on its own a a thing for me. Um, so building people up. And you know, coaching them, for instance, is is in there, uh, or creating an environment where people can, you know, do their best. Whether it's the client, whether it's your team, etc. Like bringing out the best on on, you know, the people that are working out with you. Uh, there is an aspect of uh, relationships uh, and building those relationships with people, um, and the technical aspect. Right, like the domain expertise, because a lot of these things, the way that I think about it is you know, you may be, uh, this is what we're talking about software professionals and not software developers, right? Like if you're a product uh, uh, owner or, or a PM or whatever. Those all of these things will help you as well, right? There is that core aspect of what it is that you do, and and some things that are more specific to the role, which is a, the domain expertise aspect. Uh, but you know, all of these things that I mentioned so far, I feel work even if you're not. <laughs> I would say even if you're not a software professional, right? Like you, you still want these things. And and the last one is uh, business acumen, right? Like under having a solid understanding of business is important if you want to be a consultant because we consult for businesses even if they are you know NGOs or whatever right like they they, they are in the end they're trying to accomplish something they in it, whatever that value is whether it is revenue or you know change in the world or whatever that that is uh you need to be very aware of how things work from a business perspective if you want to align all those forces and and really have that impact No, so that's you know, more of the <laughs> classification that I would use for it. By the way, it seems like I, I already uh, thought about this because about two years ago when I first joined, one of the first things that we did with the team, like someone posed a question, what does it mean to be a good consultant? And I thought that was a really good question, to be honest, because consultancy is something that we kind of, you know, stumble into, no, like you, you get really good, you know, technically, and then there's not like, you don't go to school to become a consultant, right? The same way that you go to school and become an engineer right? and, and, you, and you can be an engineer and not a consultant, right? So so it, there is, and going back to your point of creativity and innovation as well, right? There is this aspect of the skill of consultancy, something like, you know, drawing from all these different aspects, putting something together, right understanding what the context is, in order to reach that that outcome which i think is is difficult no uh, on its own so yeah. Well, yeah i mean sorry go on Sandra. uh
0: no no you can go uh, I'll, I'll go with my small list later
2: oh okay okay because uh no, no i'm just like thinking about when you said there's no school f- for being a consultant but school for being engineer and then actually that made me think well actually you but you have engineering consultants, you have uh, medical consultants, you know, you have it consultants and so on. And I mean, you know, like in each area, I think there's a there's this technical skill, the knowledge base that you of course have, but then the skills become, I, I don't know whether it's it's the same or not. I mean, I, I've read one or two books on like the insights of of what it means to be like a, a, a doctor right i i read this book uh, called this is going to hurt and it's i think jose i i uh, should it, uh, recommend it to you as well and in there uh, he talks about his experiences as a junior doctor and as he's moving forward and and there is this elusive element of a medical consultant and it's you know he talks about a medical consultant uh or in this case, he's in, you know, whichever specialization is in, as someone who, who he calls when the shit hits the fan, right? So when he is beyond, it's beyond his knowledge, they in, in medicine or in hospitals, they have consultants at hand that they can call in who are typically with a, they, they have years and years of experience. They are veterans in, in this that area and they, they will come in and they advise and they help. They are hands on, they come in, they're practitioners, and they have this wide experience. And you know, in that case, you, in, in, in these particular situations where there are life-threatening situations, he, the, the normal procedures are no longer working, and he calls a consultant over. And the consultant then helps both in terms of the skills that they have is almost superior and the, the experience that they draw upon, so that they can think of um, solutions or understand the problem from a, a perspective that is not the norm, right? So so I I don't know if that same kind of thing applies to, um, to IT, but I think that consultancy, the reason it's not a kind of school of consultancy is because I think it's an element of every single skilled profession
0: I think that is also more across I agree that is it goes across everything uh, and, and you are right it's like uh, there are consultants in all kind of professions I think right so I can think quite a few professions that have their own consultants as you mentioned mesh. I, I want to bring the topic a little bit back to the the, the actual skills as you were saying I, I was also putting up a, a small list together. But one thing that uh, quite often, when I speak to to our people or even people outside Caudillans about consultancy skills, quite often people say, "Oh, but I'm I'm not experienced enough to be a consultant." Because there is a, a, an association uh, w- when people talk about consultants, good consultants. We normally talk about people with. Many, many years in the industry with a huge amount of knowledge that can go to all these organizations and advise people and stuff. But, like, when we were talking about the the skills, like, those skills can be, uh, like, people can start acquiring those skills and practice those skills from a very early age. It took me years again to realize that. I just want to go through quickly some, and, and, and some of them are not even skills. I think, Jose, you already mentioned, like, some of them are more behaviors. I would probably even like some of them, they, they are a mix of behavior, personality, traits, and skills is a mix of everything in there. But for example, in, uh, the things that I was putting here, and I was imagining, uh, for the sake of this, this, this list, uh, someone younger. Someone that is a younger software professional, being a developer or, or any other, like a, like a product owner or, or whoever, a business analyst. Some, some key things that I find that are essential, even at the uh, early days. So one of them, uh, confidence. And this is not something you teach. This is part of your personality. Of course, you can build your confidence up over time. Knowledge is something that the, helps building up. Not everyone that is very knowledgeable is confident, but quite often having knowledge helps you to become a little bit more confident to Uh, speak, but you will need that confidence. If you want to consult, if you want to to get involved in certain discussions and contribute, you need to be the one that is creating an environment and you need to have confidence in order to raise your voice, to to join the conversation, even in sometimes conversations where you are not being invited, let's say. So confidence is quite a key for me personality traits, if you like, or behavior. Uh, that are that is important for a successful consult listening is another one as well we are very sometimes quite quick in jumping the gun and start uh offering advice without the the person on the other end asking for it right we we just half heard what they are saying and we are already trying to solve the problem according to our own biases and own preferences so this uh, practicing the active listening, reflective listening, empathetic listening, all the different types of listening and really understand what the problem is from w- what is keeping them awake at night. So it is quite important before you propose. And alongside the listening, that is, uh, I don't know if pragmatism is the word that I'm looking for, but one also common mistake that we see is when when I see people advising and I made this mistake myself, I cannot even count how many times, uh, in early days of my career, you have a, uh, how can I say, uh, you, you in your head you already formulate a solution, but you formulate a solution according to your own preferences, so you don't tailor that solution to someone. So pragmatism in this case is not the same pragmatism that you use in engineering. It's more like, can we offer? Can I offer you a device here or a way forward that is feasible? that people will be comfortable to go to the next step. So almost like proposing an evolution instead of a big revolution. Or it even uh, develop the, the how can I say, the, the the sense, like you can sense when people are looking for a revolution or they would be more looking for a, a, a smaller, a small sequence, a small evolutionary sequence, let's say. So, so that is also quite important. Uh, there is something that sounds silly, uh, sorry Jose, I'll get back to you. <laughs> but, but some things that very, sounds very silly um, but a positive and proactive attitude. So you cannot move things forward or achieve things if you are always dwelling in the past, you are always thinking that everything is shit, everything is wrong. Uh, so everywhere you look, you see problems. you need to be always saying, okay, I understand that things are not perfect and that should be your default attitude. I understand that things are not ideal or not perfect and stuff, but how can you move forward? And you are always looking forward, you know? So those are small things that already shifts your state of mind and your behavior. And even without a lot of knowledge, but just behaving that way already makes you more, uh, well, people are more keen to bring you into the discussions, you know? And as you are building knowledge over time, as you mentioned, Jose, business acumen, all the technical knowledge, the technical breadth and depth, then then it will be complemented. you'll be providing better advice and, and providing more value as you build up knowledge in all the different areas. But those kind of attitudes or behaviors are for me quite essential. And you can practice from the first day in your career. You know.
1: You you mentioned one thing there that I would like to go back to, which is Hey, I think you said something like you need to sense out if people are up for revolution or an evolution. No, so I think that was kind of the wording in a sense. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm gonna throw, you know, one of those. <laughs> let's, let's get the, the debate going. No? Right. <laughs> this is too uh, mm-hmm. too calm. Uh, do you think then that consultancy is about people pleasing? about giving people what they?
0: Yes and no, this is the, it depends. Ah, the yeah. consultancy the no. uh, medical oh no. it, it. it depends. It depends. <laughs> 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 so uh I, I think it, one one thing is if people are paying for your service, yes, they need to be satisfied with your service. Period. There's no other discussion about that, right? So if they're not pleased with your service. You can shout, you can do whatever. The only thing that's going to happen, they're going to say thank you very much. I'm going to find someone else that I can work with. So that so from if you take from that perspective, yes. But if you are saying, should we just say yes, uh, sir? Yes, madam? No. So so for example, you still need to show reality. You still need to show what are the risks. You still need to show what are the Uh, pros and cons of each approach, you still need to advise. You still need to tell them what is real, you know, but there are multiple ways of doing that. And there is, you can say that without creating conflicts, or you can say that in a very confrontational way. And this is also part of the consultancy skills. Mm
2: Um, uh, We actually talk about that as taking people along. Sorry, sorry, Jose, it wasn't as controversial, (laughs) but uh, but yes, uh, it's about taking people along. Right. Uh, You may, you know, you may have a message. You may think that something this this is what needs to be done. But first of all, are are the people ready to hear it? Right. And this is where you kind of have to start working on that empathy aspect as well. Right. You know, how do you prepare? The message and can w- would this w- act on their fears? And you know, and you know, what you were telling them is gonna just uh make them cringe away from the whole thing. So, and this, I guess you kind of mentioned pragmatism there as well, Sandra. I know you were slightly in a slightly different thing, but this is being pragmatic. It's like you know, one thing is the idea solution. The other thing is ideal solution for that context, for those people, for the, for their level of skills, for their... At culture. that point in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That culture and all those kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. So, but I've got another thing to pick on the, the pragmatism side of things, but, uh, but let's kind of, Jose, I'll, I'll let you come back to this question around the people-pleasing side of things.
1: Uh, now, you mean? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, thought, like, we,
2: we responded, you asked a question. Yeah, no, no, because it, it doesn't
1: seem like con- very controversial, but I have seen, and this is why I think a consultancy may get a bad rep, uh, right? Because not, this is how we think that consultancy should be done. Uh, but it's not the the norm now. If you, if you look at books like you know the secret of uh, consulting and whatever, right? Like the, to say, that's a horrible book. I know yeah, but but it play, is, it really but it is what it's movie. out there. It, it is what it's out there, right? Like yeah, it's not. I'm yeah. not making this stuff up, yeah. right? Um, and people do tend to approach it in a different way. Like I will give you what I, you know, what you're asking for, even though I know that this is not going to be or because this is better for me than you know than actually solving your problem right and this is one of the things that a long time ago when I when I started getting into this stuff like where does my job kind of end right like if they hire me to do to deliver a project or to build a, some software right my um, you know should i be striving for that software to be successful or, you know, should I just limit myself to, you know, I will deliver what you ask me to, right? Uh, and this is, this is a, there's an ethical aspect for me uh, on this as well, right? Because one thing is they're not ready to hear what I need to tell them. I'm going to tell them in a way that they will be able to hear it, yeah? Which is, you know, let's build the empathy, let's, you know, let's, let's build the, the rapport and, and and try to get the message across, or you know, start already hinting into you know why this is not going to work, so that they can you know come along and get to the conclusion themselves. Uh, versus, I'm not going to tell them. I know it's not going to work. I'm not going to tell them, but I'm going to do what they because in the at the end of the day, I want to get paid, right? And this is why this is what my business is, right? And this is I, this is why I asked the question, right? Because mm-hmm. there is a uh, there's a balance between you know, having someone be uh, happy with the service that you're providing, yeah, uh, achieving the outcome that you want to achieve, yeah, and having them be, you know, happy, right, to some extent with, with what they're doing.
2: I think mean, uh, I think there's an element of courage in this as well, right? Because yes, you you need to take people along. Uh, you, you need to i think in our case you we have to provide both you have to make people superficially happy and you have to make people ultimately happy and they they, they can be two different things and i think the superficial happiness is like you know tell them what they want to hear right but actually taking them along that journey and if you just tell them what they want to hear they might be happy with you then but the impact that you would have it will be extremely superficial and you will be forgotten the moment you step out of the door, right? Yeah. Sorry, Mesh, I interrupted No, go for it, go on, go, go for
0: it. No, I, I think we touched upon that in one of our previous episodes as well. I don't remember which one now, but I was just thinking in a conversation I, I had like, a, a, so, so the person was saying, well, sometimes I, I'm not quite sure if I should like, me as, as the client, as the paying client, right? So the person was saying like, uh, I'm not sure if you how you're gonna react or how to approach. And, and so if I try to keep things to myself until I resolve the problem or... So, so, so for example, the person was a bit, not quite sure how to address the client. And I was actually in that conversation playing the role of the client. Uh, and I said like, why would you be that is a personality trait. So some personalities, people might be "Oh, maybe uh, this person is this way." I, so, but let's remove that from the equation for now. Uh, what, what I was explaining is so like there are many different ways of putting things across, and this part of the skills. And, and in craftsmanship, you have the the the, the, the close collaboration, right? Uh, so, with a productive partnership, as we prefer to say in in the craftsmanship world, when we and it's up to us, to each individual, to create that partnership. And, and by partnership, for example, you go to someone, to a client, or to your manager, to whoever is your stakeholders, to whoever you are trying to provide that service. Yeah? And there are many different ways of saying, say, look, uh, we are trying to achieve this. Here are some problems that we faced. You knowing those people, you know how they're going to react with certain things. For example, some of them might, be, might panic. Because if you just stop and say, look, we are trying to do that. And by the way, that is the problem that we are facing. If you stop there, what you are doing is that's your problem. I'll be waiting until you resolve and you come back to me. And that is one way of doing that. And and this is not the most effective way. Another way is to say, look, we had this problem. We did some investigation. And we have a few alternatives. All of them have pros and cons. But we need to tell you immediately because we need a decision. So, so then you are being quite clear and you are trying what you are trying to do is to establish a collaborative work. I'm not just saying this is now your problem, solve it, but I'm also not saying, oh, this is my problem. Like we are saying, like we have a problem, let's raise as as soon as possible and do some minimal work to provide alternatives. And even if you don't have one, it's fine as well. Because you can also say that you know what. We are a bit clueless, like we tried a few things, we were not very successful in finding an answer, and we want to bounce ideas with you just to see what we can do about it, but we are not quite sure ourselves. So see, see what I'm saying? So so there is a way to create that collaborative uh, uh, environment uh, so that you can minimize the impact. And that is one thing that I also like like to add uh, is I think that you mentioned, matches is, is set an expectation as well, so managing expectation becomes a continuous thing in your life, as as any professional providing a service, right? So it's having the constant dialogue, always transparent, where we are, what's happening. So this way, there's never big surprises, and you are establishing trust all the time.
2: Yeah, um, I think uh, this is uh, this is the other side of side of courage. You know, in in one end, I I talked about courage, uh, and it's it's being able to to tell the person that may be a bit difficult, um, and finding the right way to do it. The other aspect of courage is, and this is a this is a weird one, that you know is that to kind of expose where you are, what you understand, what you don't understand, where you. Uh, where you you're not in a position to provide an answer because you don't know enough or you don't have that that level of knowledge or, or so on and and it's you have to manage that in a very delicate way because they've hired you and they might resent you for it they've hired you to show them the way and if you just go there blatantly and you know you can be very very transparent and say you know what i don't i don't know I've like, never,
1: never dealt with this project, you know, it, with this, it, this, this like, problem before. This is completely new for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's like, no, no,
0: but, but like, just a quick quick intervention. Like, uh, remember that I was coming from more like from a a, a person in the early days of I'm not talking like a very well-established consultant and stuff, because at that point that you built many years under your belt, a lot of experience and stuff, you always try to figure out a way and stuff. I'm talking about like...
1: Yeah, this in is in the early days. This is another aspect that for me is included within the relationship, uh, you know, that that group of subgroup of, of uh, things. Uh, because there is this thing called the learning credibility tension, uh, I, I think it's called, where you're coming in as a consultant and there are certain expectations on you, right? You need to deliver value. know, we're paying a lot of money for you. So where where is my money going right uh but at the same time you need to learn you need to learn about their context and maybe you need to learn about the problem itself And maybe you know the, there's a lot of uh, things there that you need to handle in particular you, we talked about uh competence no and and productivity right like do I, Am I perceived as a competent person? No, like, okay, I haven't dealt with this, but is is, is this guy going to be able to do the job or not, right? Uh, productivity, like delivering stuff, even, you know, from the beginning, from the get-go, if, if you want to uh, say it somehow. And then there's also the acceptance aspect, because coming as a consultant, a lot of the time there is that... Um, outsider kind of thing, right? where uh it, sometimes it can help you you know the the consultant halo you know kind of thing like oh because they said it now we're doing it but i'll be but i'm in house and i'm saying this i've been saying this for years now you <laughs> know mm-hmm. and this guy's it, it took this guy's to you know like we have a saying in, in spanish nobody's a prophet in its own land no kind of thing so uh so that that could be a positive aspect but then there's also lots of you know, as an outsider, you know, should I trust you? Like, why, why do I need to listen to you? Or, um, you know, like you don't, you may not even understand, we, know, we may not even understand each other because we, there are certain things around the domain, Hargon and, and, and that kind of stuff that you, you may not know, right? So you, you're not able to, to reach that uh, connection and dealing with all of that successfully is difficult. Right, You have to do all those things and at the same time you need to be learning and getting and showing the value and showing the right. And And I feel like that's something that when people think about consultancy and, and going back to the characteristics of people who, who make it no, or, or people who are good at, at the consultancy side of things, um, this is an important part. How you deal with that tension is key because a lot of people are think that in order to consult they will need to have all the answers beforehand, yeah. That, that preconception of you know it, I, I can do this if I haven't done it before, but like, guess what? That's a bit of a chicken and egg kind of situation. A lot of the times, you're gonna find situations that you haven't seen before, you, and you're gonna have to deal with them uh, anyway. And you're gonna and you need to do a good job as well, right? And that tension is hard to handle for some people. This is why a lot of people prefer to, let's say, go to product companies and and do a more, you know, I know the domain, I know this thing, and and I'm tackling challenges, you know, little by little, you know, and always within the same uh, context, so to speak, you know, same technology, same, right? And I choose how much I, I bite off versus you know you get dropped in you know a pr- potentially a chaotic situation right because if things are not going well there is a there, if they brought you in it's because shit, you know the shit already hit the fan right and the, you have to deal with that
2: but the, the way yeah. i see it is actually even if you decide to go for a product company when you join first join you still you're still in the same situation as you would be in a consultancy it's just that in a consultancy you get to do it more often and you build you build better skills around how to deal with kind of this context gathering and kind of hit the ground running because you do, you keep on having to do it. Whereas in a product company, you kind of stress for the first month or so, and then you settle in, but you've had to do that part anyway. Right. So it's just that you do it less often. I and
1: guess. the expectations are different because people already assume that you're still settling in, right? Like you're going to take, I don't know, three to six months to actually be at, you know, 100 percent or whatever. Right. Uh, that's not the case with a consultant. No, right? Like if you're true. if you're paying, you know, top dollar, you want yeah. to get top results from the yeah, get-go.
2: Yeah, that is consultancy as well. One thing I'd like to, because we, we, I'm aware of the time, I'd like to get back to one of the things that we wanted to cover is, which is advice for people who are at the start of their journey, or even in the middle, and want to grow the skills around consultancy, what would be the what, what would be a good approach?
0: Uh, Mesh, can I just like uh, a very quick one? Uh, I can just jump into that. as as a continuation, I just want to share one thing that might be useful. Again, I want you just to to, uh, make sure that we are not only talking talking about people that are already well-established consultants that will be working as a consultant. I I want to go bring back to the consultancy skills that can be applied uh, in any kind of job. You have any kind of company uh, people might be working on. So I, I want to tackle like, as you were saying, Jose, about conflict resolution, or or finding ways to move forward, right? So that is kind of related to what we were just we were discussing a few minutes ago. There are a few tricks that you can use as well. So is sometimes when we are trying to dis, uh, when we are stuck in a in a decision, like people are coming from very different perspectives and they are locking horns, right? So Quite often is because the size of the decision is too big. What what it t- what it is at stake for that decision sometimes is too big, right? For example, oh, we need to go microservices. We need to go to do this kind of approach, or or start investing on that kind of feature and stuff. So it is it, a big decision that needs to be made with a big commitment, and that's why we cannot move forward or it's so difficult. And at some at some point, someone with more power will just say, you know what, enough, that is the decision. A way to, to try to avoid those situations is to reduce the size of the commitment. So let's say that, uh, let's say Mesh and I have different ideas and and one way to try to resolve that and say like, okay, you know what, can we just have a, a small experiment? Can we try this bit in here for two weeks, for one sprint or for, for a, uh, block of time being whatever that that time might be, so and the time can be calibrated. For example, if you are talking about an architecture that's going to be that's going to last that you're trying to come up with for the next five years, having a one two months experiment is not a big deal, right? So, or if it's a, a few things that you want for Christmas and we are just like four months away from Christmas, maybe an experiment for the f- one week might not be a big deal. Two months will be a big deal. So so you can calibrate sometimes if you try to reduce the, the, the size of the decisions, like before you make this decision, is there anything small that we can do? Learn a bit, so and then we discuss that again. Or even say, hey, Mesh, you know what? I'm happy to go your way. I have reservations about this way. We discuss the pros and cons. Let's do your way. But can we talk, as we move, can we talk about this again in two weeks' time? and review this decision. See, so see what I'm saying? So there are small tricks like that, that you can bring harmony in a way uh, and bring people together. So just reducing the size of the commitment for the decisions. Uh, I just wanted to share that, because uh, I think that is quite a valuable thing that I learned over time.
1: I mean, we can, we can go into the some of the tactics that, that we sometimes use as well. Uh, but I think learning consultancy is a, is a difficult thing because unlike software, let's say, where you can go and do a kata and, you know, like practice and have that delivery of practice, a consultancy requires a context that is very difficult to reproduce outside of, you know, production. Mm No, having a client or, you know, the the idea of being in that position uh, is difficult to do. The closest that I think you could probably get to is things like uh, cases where you kind of have a debate around, you know, you have a, a presented with a particular context or, or a consulting situation. And then uh, from there, you sort of like walk through the problem, right? Like you, you, you think about solving the problem, how would you approach it? Yeah. And then have the input of other people into that. Yeah, because you you may you can learn from other people's uh, experiences as well, and there's things like what we're doing right now. Yeah, this fireside chat. For I love it because it's not just it's not just friends having a conversation. It's also growing together and sharing yeah. ideas and evolving those ideas. And that is part of, of what you can do if you want to to start doing that. Now that going back to the three things that i mentioned before, the one is learning. You need to be really good at learning and challenging and and so on. Um, And sort of like you can work on the individual skills, communication, blah, 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 you know, like those, those are kind of more manageable and you can get stuff for that. But getting to a point where you're kind of close to what you would expect when you're doing it. I, I, think, I think this is the closest that you can get to, you know? like having these kinds of conversations.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think that we were talking about like how do we practice those things or how do we find those scenarios? I get this question a lot, right? Mainly within co because like we are a consultants and we have people from all seniority levels, right? And, and some people feel that, um, And this is with our clients as well, that they need to have a formal position or because like as we were saying, everything we talked about consultancy skills is not like coding skills that you do a kata and you practice a technology or a programming language. right? So, And and they feel that they need to have a formal position to practice. And it took me a, a, a while to realize that this is not true. In fact, I'll tell you what you might have far more opportunities to practice consultancy skills than technical skills. And, and the advice I start giving is like, think about every single encounter that you have with a human being. Maybe even with, a, I won't stress to animals, but like, but with a human being, there's always a negotiation. I think for some, I have two kids. I have a wife. I have two kids. I, we need to decide loads of things. We need to decide from some, some some subjects that are more pleasant, like where we are going to go on holidays. But we also need to decide how we are going to educate our kids. And there is a negotiation in there because we have different opinions of how to educate our kids. So... If you are in a working environment, you need to negotiate everything. If you are speaking to your parents or to to your partners or whoever, every single encounter that is an element of negotiation, you need to decide where you're uh, going to invest your money, where you're going to go to dinner, uh, which kind of insurance you need to have. Every, even one of them that is that, okay, what is really important to me? How do I negotiate this? How do I make that person happen? Because this person is not my uh enemy we are not in a fight in a battle this is my wife this is my parents this is my kids this is my colleagues those are my friends so so right so mesh likes one type of food i like another type of food right so so see what i'm saying so when you start when you are conscious about that and mesh taught me one thing (laughs) he probably doesn't even uh, know but but being latin i'm sometimes a bit more aggressive or to the point. And Mesh said, like, in certain situations, Mesh, you gave me advice you probably don't even remember. But he said, like, before you do anything, think about what you, what is the best outcome that you would like to have. In this situation that you described to me, if you step like, back, what is the best outcome? Work towards that. So, So, and you can apply that to any conversation. So if you think about consultancy for me, it's all about managing expectations, risk, achieving things together, deciding how to move forward, and you can practice that multiple times a day
2: in any kind of social environment. Yeah, I think there's, there's definitely uh, an element of... It's about being deliberate, you know, a lot of the times we go through these experiences without a kind of almost like a, a a review or a meta kind of outlook on what is happening and how we are doing this and for sure in in life as well you can apply a lot of these skills uh, as you said you know there is negotiation there is kind of bringing people together there is problem solving all these things and but in within where, within your working environment as well i think there are a lot of opportunities, uh, and but you have to cultivate them. So, uh, one of my favorite um, interview questions is that I asked them. I asked people like, you know, what 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 do you think your role is as a part of a software development team? You know, what what do you think that you know? What are the key behaviors that you always keep an eye on, and and you do, and one of the what. And often, I mean, I'll give a secret source. Often, I'm looking for this uh, systemic view that you're not just looking at the next task, the next next job, but you're looking at you're looking at the whole team, the whole company, the, the impact. How what you are doing impacts everything else, and whether this is the right thing that you should be doing, or you should be doing something else. This kind of systemic way of thinking already is one aspect of consultancy skills. But the other aspects is that this kind of thinking will land you in situations that are diverse because it's very rarely that the only answer is like, write the next feature, write the next test. The answer normally is is much more diverse and much more related to leadership, to expectation management, to people, to facilitation, to all these things. And when you see those opportunities, then the next part is being proactive about it, is to say that, you know, if I've spotted it, I'm the one that's gonna deal with it. And that then allows you to put yourself into situations where you are are driving impact, but at the same time, you are learning. You're learning how to do a diverse range of skills. And in particular, you're learning how to deal with people and how to lead and how to facilitate and how to understand the problem in a holistic way and all those things that we talked about bear upon that and that's why consultancy in my view is an essential part of the software profession any profession as we as we talk
1: about you can be a bit uh, even more delivered uh, around it because once you start looking for opportunities as you, as you said mash you start identifying them right like you, you you can see you know uh but it's not just about doing right just doing without reflection and without that we know that's not a good way to to learn so uh one thing that we've used in the past is uh, uh, you know the grow model for from you know coaching now what what's the goal No, what's the reality what are the options what is the way forward right so getting yourself already in that mindset of okay so what is it that i'm trying to achieve, right? From, uh, you know, developing my consultancy skills uh, perspective, no? Where am I right now? Like, understanding where you are, is that kind of self-assessment and reflection. Either, you know, if you're not able to evaluate your skills yourself, you can ask other people to tell you, you know, what they think, and maybe, you know, you may not like what they say, right? Uh, but, you know, you you probably thought that there was something to improve in there, even if you don't take it, you know, the way that it's given, right? Um, so understanding where you are, and then looking for those options, like, let's say, you want to improve facilitation, right? You're not gonna go and, and you know, the first time that you're going to facilitate a worship with a client, no, it's, it's going to be with a client. You want to practice that skill beforehand, right? So there are plenty of opportunities that you can use to do that. Uh, you can uh, run workshops internally. You can uh, do events for uh, you know for communities. You can you know there, there's plenty of things you know you can play games. You can play you know there, there's lots of opportunities to use the skill in a format that is controlled, in an environment that is controlled, but it will allow you to get better, get feedback and so on, right? And and build on top of that. And I feel like that's a good way of, of structuring it. Now, what is it I'm trying to achieve? Reality, what are the things that I want to... And then you go with the specific projects or the specific things that you want to do. And an important aspect of that is feedback, right? You don't want to do it and just do it and that's it, right? I did it once, check, that said, Oh, I, my skill is acquired. That <laughs> it's not the way, sadly, it's not the way that it works, right? Uh, you want to get feedback from people, right? Like if you gave a talk, um, maybe you want to show your talk to other people and, you know, find ways uh, that maybe you were not thinking about that you can improve it. Uh, if you're facilitating a workshop. What did you think about this? What about the timing? What about the, you know, like, is there anything I can change? Is, is there anything that I can do different? How would you do it? No? Cause that's, an, that's another thing. There's no one way of doing things, right? Maybe this is the way that you came up with it with, um, but you know, there are plenty of other areas and that already opens other areas that you can look into, right? Um, and it will give you that structure, no?
0: Yeah, I just like before we wrap up, I'd like to just to to mention one thing that you touched upon uh, is some people, they they feel that they need to have a formal position to do something. For example, you mentioned, oh, but I never had the opportunity to run a workshop with a client. Yeah, of course, you won't start there. But as you said, you can create those opportunities yourself. Right. And that's that's uh, for example, I had quite a few discussions internally recently about informal leadership. Because people say like, oh, I'd like to have an opportunity to play a leadership role, but I don't have the skills. So it's a chicken and egg. So no, it's not a chicken and egg. So you can uh, practice leadership every single day. Every single day. So you you can volunteer to run a, a daily meeting. You can volunteer, as you were saying, Jose, you can volunteer to run your retrospective. You can take one part of the demo. Or when the team is discussing... Uh, they are dividing their work, you can volunteer to take one part of that work and say, I'm going to take this stream of work myself. I'm going to, okay, you know what, we need to analyze this. I would like to to, to take this bit and I, I can speak to the client and try to understand what they want uh, in this area. So there are a lot of very small things that you can start doing volunteering, creating those opportunities for yourself so that you start... Owning, start leading smaller, small pieces of work, and and that's a way to practice. it. as you are getting better at those smaller things, it shows because you are doing that for the whole team.
1: Yeah, you can get more responsibilities as well. Exactly. You've shown that you're able to do it, so therefore people will be more, more willing, willing to, to trust you and to into exactly, the responsibilities yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So 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 sometimes we feel that uh, consultancy skills uh, just. Going back to, to the theme, like that they are hard to acquire. Yes, they are. They are extremely hard to acquire. They are harder than doing a few katas or reading a technical book or playing with a cloud uh, provider. Uh, but when you think about, if you really think about, we have so many opportunities to develop consultancy skills, but people are not even aware of those. Like every single day we have opportunities, plenty of them. But we need to have confidence. We need to have a certain personality that we, we, we look after those things. We, we seek those things, you know. So we are not waiting for someone to give us. We need to be in control. We need to drive our career and so on. So, um, so yeah. So is consultancy an essential skill in software development? <laughs> that was the initial question that we started from.
1: I think we all agree <laughs> yeah. this is why we didn't go too much into that but yeah uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think so definitely definitely even if you're not wor- working at a consultancy or as a consultant or as a freelance or whatever um, you these are skills that will benefit you no matter what career or um, or place in your in your career uh, you are no so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mesh, any final words? Well, I I think, uh, just like to echo, uh, of course it's an essential skill, uh, but I'd like to echo that the opportunities are always there, be proactive um, in order to identify them. But uh, I I think it's a very good point that these skills, you can uh, practice every single day, even within the team context. So, So, Keep an eye and 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 keep looking for those opportunities, and and keep being proactive, basically, and you'll get there.
0: Yeah, be deliberate about it, and follow the advice that Mesh gave me. This helped me a lot, and you don't even know that Mesh. I probably never told you that. But uh, every time that we are, and this goes back to the difficult conversations episode that we had last. Uh, every time that you are facing a situation, try to step back and say, okay. Hey, what would be the best outcome for everyone involved? What can I do to enable that outcome and try to control their emotions? It's not easy for me to say, but I'm trying, so I'm still evolving in those skills
2: myself. Probably <laughs> <laughs> no, to give advice <laughs> than to follow. It.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly, so cool. Well, great to see you back, Jose, in our fireside chat. So hope that you get some sleep and everything is good at home. <laughs> Cool. Right. So, as you all know, so if you like those episodes, give us a thumbs up. Put in your comments what you want us to discuss. We normally pick up a topic just a few minutes before we start recording. So leave your suggestions with us, and I hope to see you next time. See you later. Bye bye.
1: Bye.